Free advice, free advice, would you like some free advice, free advice, free advice forever. Forever and wow. ever. Welcome back. Episode 30? Is it really? Oh my We're goodness. 30 or 31, but yeah. Oh my God. 30 and flirty. Here we are. Yeah. How are you guys? Whoa, shoot. I'm not supposed to ask that. Yeah, Morgan, every how, time you ask Every that. time. I know. Well, <laughs> I want like, to know how they are, but they're not. Little... They're abstract and amorphous. I know. How can they tell us how they are? By going inside themselves and checking in with themselves. I mean, we won't get the feedback. That's how they'd know how they are, but how would they communicate that to us? Emailing us at freeadvicepodcast at gmail.com. Great. <laughs> Way great. after the fact. Which is something that, yeah, you can do with any of your dilemmas, any of your... Um, Pitches for handling our online marketing systems or whatever the <laughs> fuck we've been getting spammed for. Um, or just feedback about the show or how you're doing. And we'll address it on the podcast if you want us to. And we'll Why hide not? your identity if you want us to. And uh, you'll become a part of history um, because this is going all the way to the top. And you can say, <laughs> I got in when it was just on the 31st floor. Wow. Wow. People will say at cocktail parties, wow, what are your genitals like? I wonder after you said that, they'll say. Uh-huh. The, the good what? people that like you want big, to be thinking that. Big and I mean, it's hefty. really, it's it, it <laughs> depends on what your values are. Um, are you in a Roman era mm. where it's preferred to have minute and svelte genitals? Really? Or do you identify as female and you want, um, you prefer words like juicy or um, sweet. So you don't want your dick to be juicy and sweet, or do you? Is that just a plus, um, but it's not essential? Those aren't the prime values that my dick aspires to care to um, up- uphold. Or what are the prime values? The, um, for I think your dick. Tr- reliable. Uh huh. Is probably number one, like a car. Yeah. Very yeah. car-like. Uh huh. Um, Put it in drive. Park it. Yes. <laughs> I think I'm I'm remembering some stand up I overheard in it's like in the background audio of Joker, the mm-hmm. movie, mm-hmm. where there is a stand up comic talking about how sex for guys is a lot like parking a car. Mm-hmm. I don't remember all the setup, but I remember he's like, oh, a handicap spot. Let's hope nobody sees this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. boy. Yeah. That's loaded. It is. it is. I like it, though. It was funny in the movie. And it contrasts with uh, our hero mm-hmm. is not uh, as prepared with the zingers or the loaded material. He's uh, He's got like a couple. He basically just giggles at himself for a long time up there. And it's uncomfortable for the audience and the, the audience in the theater as well as the audience in the diegetic world. OK, I haven't and seen it yet. So, yeah, well, I'm not really spoiling much. No, no, his dream not, is to be course. a stand up comic. And yeah. He's bad at stand-up comedy, which you would know based on the first scene. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Certainly not accusing you of spoiling yeah. it. I'm just letting you know that I have very limited knowledge. Yeah. So you are going to have to supply me Is it something it. you're interested in saying? Yeah, it is. I think, yeah, I, I recommend it to you. Yeah, I definitely want to see it. But it's like, so it's like right now, the top movie I want to see. However... Mm. It's like, am I going to get around to seeing a movie? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Based on everything else going sure. on. So I probably will when I'm home with my parents, but it's possible they've already seen it because they... I would not want to see this with my parents. Okay. Um, no not way. your parents or not my parents, but... um. But yeah. But I think you'll enjoy seeing this with someone more of... Of that views our generation and through a similar lens as you do. Mm, okay, is there any and mental health that? in particular yeah. through a similar lens? Yeah, I don't know that your parents do. Maybe they do, but um, yeah, yeah. I think my reference points are like having seen and liked The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. um, understanding something about the repressed anger and hatred and feeling of disconnection that. Uh, much of our country suffers from that I believe helped get uh, Trump elected. Right. I think that's a reference point for this movie that a lot of people will take to it. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, like comedy and the role of humor in general. So like, yeah, I think it would be an, a good one to watch with somebody who you laugh with. Okay. And, and okay. especially laugh at like sick or fucked up things. Mm-hmm. But there are some moments in the movie that are a bit, 
questionable about whether the audience is being invited to laugh at this thing that a character is laughing at because it's so fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's a movie I'll take myself to. <laughs> yeah. That would be a good. Yeah. Me, myself, and I laugh at some sick stuff. I, I, I was uh, at a couple of moments the only person laughing in the theater. Yeah. And <laughs> I felt a mix of like pride and shame and just <laughs> noticing that I was unique. And I was like, what I bet cocktail. some of you fuckers are also <laughs> thinking this is funny right now, but you just like are afraid to laugh at yeah. the little person or whatever the joke is, whatever the butt of the joke is, yeah. you know, culturally or uh, politically insensitive. Um, but it was really funny what just yeah. happened. Yeah. So. yeah. Would you say that you're freer, you think, than the average person as far as their reaction to receiving I think, information? Like um, I stray away from fewer things just because of the topic. Mm, like mm-hmm. there are fewer off limits topics with me. Yeah. I, right. I enjoy exploring just about everything. There are a couple things I'm like, oh, I'd just rather not go there and dig into that. Okay. Um, and that's time sensitive. And my overall lifelong goal is like to, to, to dig every Break hole down possible. All the walls. Yeah, like, yeah. Like shine a light in, wherever there is darkness in my psyche. Yeah. Um, it's not my only lifelong goal, but it's one thing right. that I aspire to do. You will be working on it for your whole life. Yes. Probably. And <laughs> at, at a particular moment, there might be like, Oh, this is like, I'm a little mm. bit sore in that spot right now. Do we really need to go into that topic? Because I just had this experience with this person and like, it's just going to bring all that up. So like, I'd rather yeah. avoid this in this moment. But yeah. um, right now I feel pretty clear. There's, yeah. there's always a couple pain points like that, but sure. Um, I'm hesitant to discuss something like that on the air because mm. I would be giving ammunition to my worst enemies by telling them, here's the things that you can bring up that would hurt me the most. <laughs> is that vulnerability? Yeah. Is that what vulnerability is? I, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great working definition. Yeah. Um, how many of your enemies hate you so much that they're listening to your podcast? Legions. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, <laughs> scores. Keep it tight, then. Keep it wrapped up. <laughs> no, um, I don't know that any of my enemies listen to my podcast. How many enemies do you have? Um, many of them would not identify themselves as my enemy, oh. but I know that they are my enemy. Okay, what's your definition of enemy then? Uh, someone opposed to me. Okay, define opposition. Uh, somebody who is uh, counter to or. Um, working against the things that I am working towards and not everybody knows what I'm working towards. So they don't necessarily know that they're an antagonist or. Right. Yeah. Right. So someone who. I haven't thought about this before. This is interesting. So someone who is, is either consciously or unconsciously standing in the way of what is success to you or what you define as like your goal. Sorry, is someone who is yeah so someone who is consciously or con- like does the intention have to be there but someone who's standing in the way uh, as an obstacle in some way to your uh, okay. success so that's an interesting um i don't know if i'd use the word enemy for all of them sure. if we're talking about terms now yeah. I, I, maybe it's the wrong term for me to use for this status but i'm thinking of like um say that i like a girl mm-hmm. and she has a boyfriend she's in a committed relationship with and he's a good guy that doesn't make him my enemy right? if right. Uh, he's standing in the way of me getting closer with that girl. Um, sure. But know. I don't think that's as fundamental of a goal necessarily for you. At times Unless it feels like, like the most important thing. Sure, you know, if, sure. if there's a moment that I'm really caught up on somebody, then it's like. Yeah. It depends on the uh, person. Yeah, exactly. That, that's not the majority of the time for me, but I'm sure that'll happen again or that's happened before. And Yeah. Yeah. I had... um. I had a friend in college who called my boyfriend the goalie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it was playfully, of course. Um, yeah, but I, it was I a funny conception. Doing recon on that guy, asking Wes about him, and being so bummed to hear that he was actually great and really good for you. And I was like, oh fuck. Which guy, and, Cream? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was the goalie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, shout he out! Blocked to Kareem. More sh- he, he blocked more. He blocked shots that you didn't even know were coming, yeah. or you found out later, I guess. <laughs> Yes, I now I'm retrospectively yeah, aware. Yeah. Retroactively. Um yeah. Because your we... Facebook didn't say in a relationship and I I that really made me do some digging. Because I, <laughs> I checked I checked where you're supposed to check, which is on Facebook. And it didn't fucking say anything. So I was like, Wes, does that mean what I think it means? And he was like, Nah, actually, there's a goalie and he's really good. His <laughs> his block percentage is solid. Like <laughs> that's so funny um yeah. yeah i've never really subscribed to like actually putting your relationship status on facebook why not 
Well, number one, my relationship status is always changing. Mm, okay. It's always apt to change. So you would be, I think you can change it without it posting that you've changed. Like the mm. default used to be, it would post a story that you your relationship <laughs> status has changed from dating to single. Right, right, right. Now right. you can make it just like stealth swap that out so that yeah. it doesn't become a story that people can like. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think I need people to know or even want people to know what my relationship status is. Mm -hmm. Because it's, I'm always simultaneously dating and single. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Like, I think maybe you don't know what your relationship status is, and that would be the first exactly. hurdle is figuring out what you would even put. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely complicated. Yeah. That's that's a really good candidate to choose. Mm -hmm. um, but I could put in a relationship with myself, like in a relationship, and then tag like, yeah, my own self good. or Make money. A, a second Facebook. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For you with mm -hmm. a little goatee drawn on. <laughs> That's the only person I'm dating seriously now. If you were going to date a part of yourself or a version of Ooh. yourself or some aspect Which or, of my like, or hypothetical version, yeah, of you, what what kind of or piece of Morgan would you date? Um, this is, I love this question. Thank you. And I am fully prepared to answer it. Great. Um, I think that my my top tier answer of the Morgan that I would date mm -hmm. is the version of me that's very like playful and silly and is always coming up with some kind of something to do that will make me laugh or just kind of be like light and interesting or making making something interesting or fun out of nothing. That Morgan. Can you name that one? Um, I mean, I think that they're all parts of me. Um, maybe but like that persona or that mm, that mask that. Yeah. Um, Hmm. Blank Morgan the laugh or leader. Morgan Blank. Oh, laugh leader Morgan or just yeah. the laugh leader. Yeah. Okay. I would say like maybe who I was as like on P waves as the crew leader, mm. like kind of one of my crewlings said about me that like I was always the party, like wherever I was was like the party. Sure. And I think of that as like, you know, I'm coming up with things to do and it's fun to be around me. And um, I think the fun side of me that kind of gets other people interested in being silly or playing with an yes. idea or, you know, a, a tangible object. Um, second Morgan that I would date. Oh, you want to be Polly dating multiple of Morgans? Of course. <laughs> great, 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 great. Um, is, fun, is, is Laugh Leader Morgan on board with this or is it going to take some convincing to get Laugh Leader Morgan to open up She would giggle her... and then be like, yeah, I'm totally down. No jealousy? No. Hmm. Laugh Leader Morgan has no insecurities that might be poked by you uh, sleeping she around with other Morgans. Probably deal with her pain by laughing about it, okay. making a joke, uh, and then that would be the way to process it for her. Okay. Yeah. Is that acceptable, or would you find that in some I, cases? I feel just fine about it uh, at all times. Or are there ever times when laughing mm, off a feeling is? Uh, it's bad more like laughing you. through a feeling than okay. laughing, laughing off through would have a to feeling. be. Um, so the, the second and third personas that I'm kind of teetering between excited for you to see Joker go on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, would be first the sort of like seductive romantic Ooh, Morgan. Yeah. So, um, this would be like the version of me that's kind of like looking in the mirror, doing finger guns at myself. Like, yeah, you sexy mm -hmm. devil. Um, and you know, kind of like dresses up flirts is very like confident and in control and like looks for the first Morgan like looks for laughs and this Morgan kind of looks for romance. Yeah. And intrigue. Okay. And then the third one would be sort of the coach nurturer mother side of me that I've mm -hmm. lately, this is the one I've been like working on the most, mm -hmm. um, bringing forward to, to help me reparent my inner child, um, to provide nurturing instead of judgment, uh, to provide emotional comfort instead of uh, let's just deal, let's not deal sure. with this, let's not be present with this. But the person that's like, no, I got you. Like we're mm -hmm. here together, and kind of like I, I will, you know, hold myself physically. Like I'll put usually a hand on my heart, like I'm doing right now, and and a hand around my stomach, and kind of just like sit with myself. I could even like rock or bounce or kind burp of yourself. sway. Yeah, I could kind of burp myself. Yeah. That person always knows what to do, has the answers, but not in a way of like, oh, I know everything, but is mm. just kind of wise. Mm -hmm. This would be an ideal mother type. And that's the, your third, your tertiary mm -hmm. partner. Yeah. What does the relationship with them look like compared to the other two? 
That one is is primarily characterized by unconditional love. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and the but as know, far as the things you do with them, mm, like when you go to them or what your mm, communication is like, you know, what events you invite them to ooh, along with the others versus. Yeah. Ideally, I like to be all three. You know, kind of uh, rotating between them. Yeah. Yeah. Because to me, romance or, you know, an ideal primary partner would be all of those three things. Some, a playmate, uh, a, a charmer and like seducer, and then a uh, caretaker mm-hmm. and nurturer. I think those are probably the top three things I'm looking for. And so those are the three things that I care most about cultivating or showing up with as myself. Yeah. Hmm. So I want to ask the question back to you. Sure. I would most want to date a laugh leader, Morgan, and then (laughs) coach Morgan and then seducer Morgan. Oh, okay. In that order. Okay. Okay. That's cool. I meant for you, your person, your personas that you would date, um, versus who, which ones of mine would you date? Ah, but um, <laughs> no, great, I good to know. <laughs> I, I, I knew that. I was just making a, one of my jokes. Okay. Um, Do you want to tell me what you don't like specifically about the sedu- seductive Morgan? No, you already know. What? Oh, you don't. No, well, I'll tell you off air. Oh, oh. <laughs> how you react whenever i say that oh my god oh and then it just is like like lingering thing kind of like behind my head where i'm like ooh, this is something to go back to but i'll probably forget honestly i find that when you are trying to be attractive you are less attractive to me oh we discussed yeah it's a general presentation way of being and i'm i'm turned off by that and i'm Mm -hmm. more turned on by when you are not attempting or when you're not like in that mode yeah I think that what I would say to that is that ideally (laughs) there's a version of myself as a seducer that's less of like it's put on and it's more natural. Mm. Um, But I understand and it makes sense that you would maybe I haven't caught a glimpse of that or I'm not saying in all cases you you are probably good at seduction too in your (laughs) other moments. I mean, obviously I've successfully seduced you multiple uh, times, so it's not like something I'm worried about, but I don't know if, that's oh really i may i may have done you know run some lines with an imaginary morgan in my head beforehand <laughs> and that's but really it was seducing me it was me um, <laughs> i mean yeah that make right that that's always how it is so versions of me i would most date yeah uh, the me that's pretending that they're morgan in my head before actually seeing morgan. <laughs> Uh, it great lean back from the mic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm working on my mic technique. Audio engineer hey. Rob, second. No, um, I encountered this question when I had the idea for my one-man show of, okay, what if I did a rom-com where I dated myself? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what is what is dating myself? How do I distinguish between one me and the other me? And the answer that I settled on was I would like to date the um, best possible future version of myself, mm-hmm. the, the person that I would like to be. That's who I will date yeah. by, like... Going and planning events for me and that person and um, learning things from mm-hmm. them, which is just me looking shit up online. Like, you know, <laughs> how do I cook this dish? Okay, well, future me is going to show me. <laughs> by the time the yeah. date is over, I will have learned it. So um, what are the, the <clears throat> traits that future you has? Well, that's conditional based on what I feel like I'm missing at the moment. Sure. And when I was writing that show, it was like um, – time management skills Mm. it was uh prioritizing um setting boundaries with other people Mm -hmm. um it was taking care of my body and my mind and like focusing my attention on the things that i cared about and not on social media or reddit or whatever porn or whatever Mm -hmm. thing was like drawing my attention and sapping energy from things that i cared about like making music or writing a musical yeah um so the show was kind of an Ouroboros in that way of like, by focusing on the show, I had something to write about because the show was about writing the show and <laughs> getting rid of the things that were stopping me from writing the show. Yeah. So uh, what what right now are you most missing? Oh, man. Um, well, I just went solo camping for two nights and that was something that I've been wanting to do for like a month. And I think I'm missing um, just downtime where yeah. it doesn't feel like there's anything that I want to accomplish with it. And I experienced yeah. that so purely on Tuesday 
because I, mm. I kept having these creeping thoughts of, oh, I could get this thing done or I could get that thing done. Oh, I've got all this time. I could finish this book finally. <laughs> I could do the exercises in this book that I've put off. Yeah. And I kept saying, no, how about I do whatever I want in the moment the whole day? Let's just see how that feels. Like that'll be my thing that I can accomplish if I need to put it in that framework. Yeah, um, I love that. So that uh, is what has felt like is missing. Um, I feel like uh, just uh, I live in an overly... Right now, I feel like a lot. There are a lot of uh, hands on my time, mm-hmm. and it's a good problem. I'd rather have that than, well, what what do I do? I've been I've done nothing the last several days, and I'm not really excited to do anything. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just uh, liked reclaiming some uh, time for myself and not feeling responsible for anybody else or feeling like I have to even consider them because my phone wasn't on. And, okay, I'm just going to, like, eat when I want to eat, dance when I want to dance, give myself a massage, listen to music, uh, go for a hike. Good. Uh, it was great. Yeah. Good. I'm so glad that you did that. Thank Unstructured you. Unstructured Rob. Yeah, yeah. I wrote a song about it in 2015 called Out for the Day about Aww. just, like, wanting to get away from the city and the billboards and everything like that and just go for a walk through the woods so I could, like, clear my mind and... I was singing it to myself in the woods and I was like, oh, I, when I wrote this, I had never actually done this yet by oh, myself. Wow. And now I've done it like three or four times where I've just gone away alone. And it's like, hmm, I wonder how many of the songs that I write are letters to myself of things, my ideal. And I'm mm. like uh, trying to paint my heaven or paint my uh, what I'd really like to be doing by making that song as a kind of a reminder to myself of what I believe or what what my ideal is. Yeah. I often look back at things that I've done or written or just kind of like philosophies or priorities I've had and been like, oh, wow, what a great prediction that I made about Mm -hmm. like what would my life would be like or what some goal would accomplish because I look back and be like oh that past version of me that I thought was so clueless and bumbling around really knew what the fuck she was talking about I mean of course there are things areas where she didn't and areas of growth but a lot of times when I'm in an intuitive place like I would imagine you were when you were like writing that song that that desire would have Mm -hmm. held true yeah and I just built upon it with time. I gained skills yeah. that enabled me to do that. I met people who validated that alternative reality and showed me like, oh, yeah, I've done that. Or here's where you go. Or here's mm-hmm. what you need. Here's how you cook for yourself. Here's how you set up a tent. Here's how you, you know, mm-hmm. those the various people who have taught me the sub skills that allowed me to do something like take myself on a trip from Monday evening to Wednesday morning mm-hmm. where I don't have phone service and I'm capable of dealing with the hiccups. Like there was a road that was closed and I didn't have fuel to cook with. And I was like, okay, I can keep solving these problems. It was colder than I expected. Mm-hmm. Like just keep, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like the Martian. Have you seen that movie Mm-mm. with Matt Damon? No, I mean, I've heard of it obviously. With but Matt Damon. It. You know yeah, who Matt Damon I know. is, right? Yeah, I do. Ben Affleck's and guy. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> he had that cameo in Interstellar. Sorry, spoiler alert. Sure. Like, I'm not going to say what he did, in it, but he was in that movie for a good hot minute. <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> you solve one problem, then you solve the next, yeah. and then you solve the next. That's just yeah. the thesis of that movie, I think. And I notice a lot of people struggling with, well, I'm not going to solve this first problem. I'm not even going to take the step one step forward because all the future problems I might have to solve in the future yeah, and not sort of being like, okay, but my goal is to take a step towards this bigger thing. So I'm going to take whatever that first step is and trust that I will be able to solve whatever comes up and it will be like that you explore and then you kind of condense, explore, condense. Yeah. Explore and exploit. Sure. They have that nice four letters of similarity at the beginning. Explore, exploit, explore, exploit. Exploration is inhalation. Exploitation is exhalation. I take in the oxygen of my life experiences and I and once I'm breathe out the carbon dioxide <laughs> yeah. of my distilled wisdom, poetry, songs, comedy, mm. podcasts like this one. <laughs> I'm breathing on you. Ooh, you feel that hot breath on your neck? That's Bobby Joe. <laughs> exploiting you (laughs) yeah exploiting you real hard right now Um, (laughs) in your ear holes yeah Yeah. so should we exploit our listeners ear holes with the lightning round yeah let's find some people who didn't volunteer to be on a podcast on reddit 
and just thought they were going to do a text-only advice mm-hmm. request. Mm-hmm. And let's give them an audio version, which is going to be like way more personal and like, yeah. whoa, okay, I could actually hear the people's voices. It wasn't just letters on a screen. Yeah. You know, we have di- we have idiolects. What does that mean? Thank you for asking. I just learned the term. Uh, <laughs> an idiolect is an individual's uh, signature dialect. It's oh. their own personalized way of talking. The phrases that they use more than others, Ooh. the miss phrases, you know, if somebody is one of those folks who said, um, I could care less instead of I couldn't care less. That's part of their idiolect. It's part of many people's idiolect. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all of those like things, you know, if somebody's going to do an impression of the president or something, they're going to study his idiolect. Right, right. So uh, Obama's will be like, you know, folks, uh, and, and all yeah, of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like the word folks <laughs> and just the, the pauses. Uh-huh. Those are all uh-huh. things that define Obama's idiolect. And people from the same family have more similar idiolects right. to each other. So it's fun to like meet your friend's parents and realize, oh, they all do that verbal tick that that person yeah. does. Yeah. And then some yeah. are like regional and it goes out in terms of yes. radii. Um, I learned this in a communication book called The Usual Error, which is right right here. I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the point of that chapter was everybody's actually, everybody who speaks English with each other is um, actually speaking different languages because we have these idiolects. So it's important to define terms like love, sex, sometimes, some, a little, anything that's Uh like a... um, Any ambiguity. Yeah. Those things mean a few. Some people think like, everyone knows a few is five or six. And other people are like, no, a few is definitely three. Right. That's an argument that they bring up of like, you said there were a few sandwiches left and I ate three of them and now they're all gone. Why'd you do that? And they're like, okay, we have to define our terms. Everybody speaks their own idiolect. Um, Even consulting the dictionary and deciding that one of us is right is not a good way to solve that because you may be in an area where more of your friends use the other thing. And ultimately, it's best to probably just settle on the thing that makes it easiest for you to navigate your your life, not like follow the dictionary as a rule. Yeah. Um, When I coach or when I think about myself coaching, I very much think about myself almost as a – I want to say like – I want to say a person who – studies linguistics. I was sure. going to say linguistician, but I don't know. I don't know what the noun for that is. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> but uh, I really think of myself as kind of learning their language, translating yeah. it to my language, and then translating the messaging I'm trying to impart on them into, into their, their language sure. so that they receive it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's like the thing that you might encounter an idea that's super profound to you at 28 or 29 but you've seen it so many times in your life before that Mm -hmm. and it's just this is the time that somebody used my words and it was at a moment that i was ready to hear that message Mm -hmm. something like self-love i've been hearing about that my whole fucking life Mm -hmm. but maybe like somebody used the right word in this book that i was primed to hear because i was already speaking that way and that's when the message finally landed yeah, and sometimes it's marketing. Like you need to hear something they say like 14 or 15 times yes. before you really are receptive to it mm-hmm. or make a decision based on it. Um, okay. Anyway, so, so let's, let's show these folks our idiolects <laughs> and, and our, our accents and shit. Yeah. Okay. So this one is a statement that is a call for advice Ooh. and it comes to us from not really sure why I'm here. And it just says, I need a senior quote for tomorrow. So I would like to brainstorm some ideas. Ooh, they're for, not going to get this in time. Not really sure why I'm here. No, they're not. That's a great point. That's a great quote too. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can be wrong. <laughs> like, oh, they did get it in time. So do you want to change it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so we'll just imagine that they they need a senior quote in general. Yeah. And maybe future people will be looking for a senior quote and will stumble upon this podcast episode and will be inspired by yeah. what we have to say to high schoolers about their own lives. Yeah, I don't know. Um, those who care don't mind and those who mind don't care. Mm. Yeah. Or I mean, matter. If- <laughs> <laughs> Either one. Both work. Those who matter don't care and those who care don't matter. <laughs> How about just like nobody matters? Nothing matters. Yeah. Uh, that's very, that's one that you can then post 10 years later on Facebook and be like, oh, look at how dark I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, I think the best advice that I could give on this topic yeah. is like, start with, 
what do you want to communicate? Do you want it to have relevance now? Do you want it to have relevance when you're looking back on your high school yearbook in 10 years? Um, yeah. Obviously, this person doesn't care that much that they're reaching out one day sure. before to get something. Um, but, you know, you could kind of say something that's reflecting on your experience in high school. You could say something that's where you're at right now just to be a snapshot of like, this is what my life is like. Or you could say something that's about the future, about what the you future. want the future yeah. to look like. And then yeah. you could be like, wow, when I was 18, I prophesied I, I was hoping that I'd be an umpire and now I'm calling the shots and okay, look at me now, folks. <laughs> Other people who came that. back to gloat at their high school reunion, look at us. <laughs> look at what we made of ourselves. <laughs> look how accurately I predicted this. I should be a meteorologist. Yeah, I I'm think giving it, up umping. It would be fun to do like a 2028 presidential election prediction. You know? mm -hmm, when mm -hmm. do you think Kanye will be president? Because he obviously will the way that things are going. But which year is it? That'd be a fun one. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, Kanye by 2036, you might say. I love it. 2034. Sorry. That's okay. I picked a year that, unless we switch up the schedule maybe, and do away with the whole system. Maybe he's a senator. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I think that'd be a good starting point. Yeah. That's how Barack started. And they're yeah. both from, no. Oh. Came out of Chicago. Not, uh, not born in okay. Chicago. Barack's not. He was uh, born in the Middle East, I believe. But Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So choose a presidential <laughs> candidate that you think is likely. That one. <laughs> what? Saying that he was born in the Middle East. Oh, I, yeah, sorry. Was, I just, I wasn't listening. It was a joke. <laughs> okay. This is a funny one. Not really. <laughs> my attention level was so minimal. Yeah, it kind of slid through the rate. When, when political things happen, I, uh, a part of my brain shuts off. <laughs> what do you start thinking about? Um, just maybe there's seeking like what's going to be next. My, uh, the automatic program that runs in my mind when I'm not just listening is like, okay, what am I going to say next or yeah. what's going to happen next? I, uh, yeah, okay. Anyway, nice. um, you're so welcome for, yes, for good, the, all that great advice. Good ass, good ass job, Robin. <laughs> um, okay, so the next lightning round question, Pachu Pachu, uh, comes to us from Strange Echidna, E C H I D N A. Yeah. Echidna. What's, what is that? You know, Knuckles. Knuckles, like these knuckles on, <laughs> on my hand? <laughs> How cute. What? Okay, so there's Sonic and okay. there's Tails. And then, what category of items are we talking about here? Uh, we'll get, <laughs> Sonic, Sonic and the Hedgehog. Oh, the Hedgehog entails the the cute as hell boy fox. Okay, okay. And Doctor Eggman, Doctor Robotnik, and who's Echidna? And Knuckles the Echidna, the red oh. one. Okay, so Echidna is a creature of some kind. Yes. Okay. It's it's Hedgehog esque. Okay. Okay. It's in that general family. family. Okay, so Strange Echidna asks, yeah. when do I say I love you or I-L-Y? Mm. They abbreviate. Not with her anymore. <laughs> I wouldn't say it like that, <laughs> personally. <laughs> yeah, spell it out generally is what's recommended. Uh, not with her anymore, but when I was with my ex, I'd say I-L-Y and she'd overreact. Like we had gone out for two weeks and at that point the words I love you would trip her up. They mean nothing to me, just kind of <laughs> like a compliment or sign of affection. Yeah. Throughout my childhood, I'd mindlessly say I love mindlessly say I love you to my family, whom I barely even knew. So when do I even say that? Because she went crazy on me for saying it too early. Um, advice that you're not asking for directly, but that I'm giving anyway is to have a conversation about what love means to you. Yeah, it's based off of what I said ten minutes ago about the idiolect. <laughs> love is the top word that yeah. they say people have different definitions of. Yeah, and that's a good thing. If we all had the same static definition of love, that would be problematic. We'd be stuck and we'd die out as a species. We wouldn't be growing or progressing. So it's good that people have <laughs> have new ideas of what love means for them and what yeah. they need and what they want and what they've experienced. Um, so you have a particular definition of love. So does this partner of yours. I'll know that for some people, the word love is like a bomb going off or like some type of alarm that everything changes now. This is mm -hmm. going to color everything. Now we have all these obligations. Now I have to start doing this and I have to stop doing this. And yeah. whoa, I'm not ready for that. This yeah. is like I just signed a contract if Which someone the says that they love, love. me. Wait, uh, Without it, judgment or expectation. That's Morgan's idea of love, yeah. which I happen to align with. I love it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also love it. Yeah. But, um, you know, for different people, love can be an obligation or it can mm -hmm. be a threat or it can be um, a burden. And that sounds like it might be what your partner's experiencing. So I would yeah. go into this conversation 
less trying to deliver the message of what love does or doesn't mean to you and ask them what they uh, think when they hear it or when they say it. Like, what does it mean to them and where did they learn that? That could be a way that you get closer with this person. And if you love them, that might be something you're interested in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do want to, there there are just so many things I want to address um, because I think this is so interesting and there's a lot to unpack. Uh, Because I would say that, you know, going out with someone for two weeks and then saying, I love you, that, that is quite soon, I think by most people's standards so i do want i want to put that out there as in like a what, data point in what in a, in a romantic and, partnership yeah but at any identify age. your demographic i think at any age no what do you mean um we're in 2019 mm-hmm. in california uh we're i thought you meant the age of the person no no, no. i mean like uh, these these are cultural norms that shift all the time Yes. And I'm just trying to draw attention to the fact that the way that we do things as 30-ish year old people in 2019, you know, is an anomaly. And these standards are arbitrary and always shifting. So they're not arbitrary, but they're like, this isn't a universal norm that Morgan's describing. This is. But, well, it it actually, I think it is. I'm trying to say that there is no, there is no universal, like what's right or wrong for you and your circumstances at your time with these two specific people. However, I would say that most people would think saying I love you after two weeks is pretty soon. My grandparents got married on their first date. What? That's very common. Wow. Yeah. Uh, People, this is all new. I I don't think that uh, your impression of how normal that is, is Mm -hmm. taking into account time. And maybe it's normal in like American export uh, rom-com and Disney influenced love stories that we've told each other for the okay. last 50 years, maybe, but beyond that, I mean, that's such a small window in human history. Sure. That, like that's shifting still. Yeah. And you and I are at the forefront of pushing that boundary into a direction that's more healthy and helping people experience more love. Did your grandparents actually express openly? Like, I love you. I love you. Let's do this. Let's get married right now. Tonight was so great. Let's do it. I highly doubt it. Mm-hmm. I bet it was more of a, I would like to marry you. I, they don't, they're not particularly affectionate. Right. Or, so Yeah. I, just based on the tone of what you're saying, they may have used the words. Mm-hmm. I don't know what mm-hmm. language was proper then, but sure. um, I think that many people see marriage as a product of love or as, a, as something that goes hand in hand with love. I don't know if they did at the time. Um, yeah. But... It, Love itself is also in flux in definition. Sure. But I think a lot of people get married without what I would consider like romantic love even being there. Sure. Um, and those can be great marriages. Totally. There can be. Yeah. It's Totally. Because I mean, it's that's in those cases, that's not the goal. The goal is the goal is often like uh, family advancement yeah, or it or, comes later. Yeah, sure. It's a or different family. Type of love. Yeah, sure. Sure. I mean, I'm making some assumptions based on the fact that this is a person using abbreviations like they're using and on Reddit. What I would like is for you to say how you'd feel if somebody told you that they loved you in two weeks. It would feel soon. It would feel soon. And what what would go off in your head? Um, So, yeah, I would evaluate, okay, what are my feelings? Do I have a feeling of love for this person? Are they... To me, it's an opportunity to ma- see if there's a match between the pace that each of us respectively is at with the relationship. And so I think that's where for some people can get scary because when – look, I've watched a lot of Bachelor franchise shows. And oh. so there are all these like <laughs> stages of like, okay, now we say like I'm starting to fall for you. And now we say like I love you. And then the 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 person who is the Bachelor or the Bachelorette – Really kind of it's an unwritten rule that they're not really supposed to say, like, I love you to any of the uh, prospective suitors to not sort of lead them on or Mm. or or make them think like, oh, I'm definitely going to choose you. It's to be a little more ambiguous. But so it's interesting that there are these kind of standards that are set, but you watch people who start to fall set by just what becomes the norm in this like, I don't know, hyper pop American culture. And I think that 
whether we like it or not, most of us are influenced to some extent by what is, quote unquote, appropriate or the norm. Um, even On The Bachelor. Even variation. No, I'm just, I'm using this as like Why a not use the hyper real example. Yeah. Um, that, that is a norm setting program, right? right? So, okay. so if there, if there is uh, someone who is saying, starting to say like, I'm starting to fall for you or I love you or whatever, the, the recipient of that, how they feel is totally going to be based on, well, are they on the same page? Because if you're feeling radically less emotional towards someone who has then expressed a pretty intense desire for you, you become aware of that discrepancy. Mm -hmm. And then you suddenly go, oh, they often go, oh, I'm not at that level with you. And they even send them home because they're like, oh, I'm this is there's just it's so different yeah. where we're at. Um, and so I could understand a sort of similar thing going on with this question asker of like they felt maybe that they were on that level. I mean, I, I do think there is a translation issue because obviously they have two different conceptions of what love is. What is the biggest but, thing that stops you from saying that you love a person? Hmm. Related question. What is the biggest thing that stops you from loving a person? Mm. But uh, let's start with it. Let's say that there is some acknowledgement of a feeling of love inside of you mm -hmm. and you don't communicate it. Have you been in that situation before? Uh, Sort of. I, I would hmm, really. I would. I'm surprised that's not an obvious yes. Well, sometimes it's like I have to take a minute and go, "Ooh, I had this feeling. Let me sit with it for a second and, mm -hmm. and check in with myself. Is it real? Is it temporary? You know, is it a little infatuation flame? Is oh, it okay. a deeper kind of what you is? You have it? a high standard for what you call love. I would say so. You're stingy with it. The word stingy. I'm not that stingy. Do you feel that I don't say I love you enough? To me? Yeah. No. Okay. Um, for me, uh, a lot of my my emotional growth has been about acknowledging different types of love and, mm -hmm. and letting more things be count as love in my head. Sure. And not yeah. thinking like, oh, no, well, I have to have dated some. I have friends who are like, you have to date somebody for at least a year and right. you have to have met their parents before you love them. I'm like, yeah, yeah bullshit. Yeah. I can fall in love in a 30 second glance. And then I, that can be a kind of love or not fall in love. If you mm -hmm. like categorize that as something different, mm -hmm. I could feel love. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Some form of it. I think it's different to be like, oh, I have a feeling of warmth or love or yeah. compassion. So what's the difference between I feel love versus I love I you. feel love for you versus I love you. I think I, any yeah. way you change it makes it way less threatening for people mm -hmm. to receive. So I've practiced yeah. like some of these. Yeah. I'm feeling very loving right now or I feel love for you or yeah. oh, this is making me feel love. I think it's great because <laughs> it it is more precise. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people lump all of that stuff into I love you. And then to one person, it's like, I'm going to marry you. And yeah. I only like I have a friend who's like, I only want to say that to one person in there in my entire life. And I'm like, whoa, that's so not where I'm <laughs> at. Why would um, you? Why is that an ad? Why is that a thing to shoot for? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just it, because it means Get something them different podcast. to them. You know, I mean, there's some yeah. I'm sure there's some like they fucked up if they love two people. That's what I'm reading into it, or I'm assuming that's yeah. my prejudice. But yeah, the, they must maybe. think like, "Oh, that's I made a mistake if I loved somebody and then I had mm -hmm. to love somebody else." And that mm -hmm. has implies so many things that I think are wrong with that system of love. Of yeah, like, that you can only love one person at a time. That you're supposed to be uh, certain before you're willing to give away your love because it's this precious thing that once you give it, it's gone. And mm. no, it, it guys, people who are listening right now, when you give away love, it doesn't mean that you have less of it. It multiplies. Mm -hmm. Morgan brought this up on the podcast yeah. a little while ago. Yeah, uh, or something like yeah. that. Pain and joy. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, love is not like pie, where if somebody takes a piece, a slice of it away, now you only have yeah. seven slices. It's instead not like of losing your virginity, which also is pretty insignificant, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> because you can have lots more sex. <laughs> yeah, love it's, and slut shaming are very similar, I would say. So if you're still following my thread, it's like pie, <laughs> pi, which <laughs> is infinite and irrational. Yes, versus an apple pie, that, which there are only eight slices of. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but I do think that people assign different levels of specialness to different demonstrations of love, whether they be physical or emotional. Mm. Um, sure. Yeah. And different uh, demonstrations carry with them different costs. And so it is, I think, 
reasonable to value them differently or look at them in, in some type mm-hmm. of hierarchy. Yeah. Um, but so to return to the question yeah. of when do I say it? Because before she went crazy on me for saying it too early, it's like, well, it was too early for her. Yeah. Maybe you had a feeling that to you meant or warranted saying, I love you. Yeah. Describe the feeling mm-hmm. instead next time. Yeah. Yeah. If that person like talk about and that requires you knowing it and being able to describe it. But is it like here's some clues. Look for an openness or a warmth in your chest. Mm-hmm. Um, look for a smile creeping across your face. Look for energy or tingles, butterflies in your stomach. These are common phrases that people use to describe the physical sensations of mm-hmm. feeling loved for, towards a person. Mm-hmm. A magnetism being drawn mm-hmm. towards them, like mm-hmm. an attraction like you, that you want to put your skin against theirs. Yeah. Um, those are some things that you could use if you're feeling them to describe how you're yeah. feeling about this person. Yeah. And I think that there are also things that I want to talk about between like I have no feelings for this person or they're an acquaintance and like I'm in love with them because there are other ways of getting validation for your affection yeah. or where you're at with them. Like you can say, I like holding your hand. Mm-hmm. And that might be a similarly loving expression to I love you, you know, in the yeah. case of this person. But it's more of we're on the same page with just enjoying what's happening right now versus uh, having saying this expression of I love you, which a lot of people do view as a bomb of like, now I have to decide how I feel in relation to this. Am I there? Am I not? Do I see yes. that as a possibility? Do I not? It really kind of freeze frames the relationship and gives the other person a chance to go yes or no in a way that I think is really uncomfortable and confronting. Yeah. It's a binary that uh, it's a false dichotomy that you're splitting it into. Is this love or not? Well, it probably contains some elements of love for you, but you Mm -hmm. might not want it to contain all of the things that you think are love that the other person might not even think is Mm -hmm. love. That's why this conversation about what you think love is and what it means and doesn't mean to you is really important. Um, Yeah. And what are the differences between familial love and platonic love and romantic love? Because there's some mixture there with with this question asker of like, well, in my family, love was just being around each other and not actually that much familiarity or maybe even connection. I want to uh, link in the description another School of Life video, as I have been doing, three um, Greek, I believe, words Mm -hmm. for love Mm -hmm. and how we could use them today better because we have this catch-all phrase of love, but they are eros, philia, and agape. Eros being the passionate desire you have for a sex partner, uh, philia being the uh, love you have for a friend that you don't have those bodily feelings towards, Mm -hmm. and then agape being the love that you feel for somebody who is less fortunate than you, who Mm. um, you want to help and um, make their conditions better. Yeah, that's fascinating. Thank you. Um, But yeah, it's like the, uh, I think it's in like Inuit language, there are like eight different words for snow, whereas we only have one word for snow. Mm -hmm. Um, And they, because the conditions where they are, probably they can see a lot more variations and have need for more precise language to refer to this one thing that we would just go, oh yeah, that's fucking snow. Um, And love is one of those things where I feel like there's so much more potential to label, characterize, filter, and be precise with uh, versus just kind of like plopping a boulder on the table and being like, I love you. Right now we're (laughs) calling um, uh, uh, crimson and tickle me pink and midnight purple and everything, all the shades in between those, we're just calling it all red. Yeah. And well, there's a lot of variation in red, so it would be better to learn some new terms and have some more descriptors because if you're referencing pink and somebody else hears purple, you, you're going to have a, a portrait that doesn't have a very consistent color scheme. <laughs> it's going to have some some yeah. errors in the end. Yeah. And so to address your question of like the timing of it, I think it is about what feels right to you ultimately. Yeah. And it is up to that other person to decide if that's right for them or aligned with them or not. And there's no wrong answer. But I do understand the recipient after two weeks feeling like whoa that's really early and so in the future if you want to 
avoid this potential pitfall is to kind of walk up to that line more delicately through more precise language like we're talking about and kind of assessing for their feelings and staying in pace with each other. What if you found out that the person who told you that they loved you after two weeks um, says that to three or four people a week for the first time? Hmm. What if I personally if found you, that out? Yeah. Would that change how it feels to hear that? Because I think some of it is the assumption that like, oh, people don't do this except for every couple of months or every couple of years. Or they're only saying I love you to one person at a time. Yes. Yeah. That like they don't just freely. Yeah. If you found out that love was cheaper for that person than you expected mm, to be. That would be really disappointing. Really? If you were scared by them saying it after two weeks, you'd be disappointed to find out that they love people. Oh, or they tell, express scared. love to people regularly. Oh, I'm just I'm just saying like if we're looking at that. that disappoint I don't I hope not to go into a relationship with those expectations that when someone says I love you it means they only love me it means it's this intense it means they intend to do all these things with me and only me and da 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 that's my that's I'm a little responsible for the expectations that I'm bringing into it they're responsible for communicating more precisely and I'm responsible for like what do I think that means and then translating it um I think I, I love you is the beginning of a discussion yeah not certainly not the end because it, love it, isn't just this final thing you get to. Yes. It can be a nice way to end an argument. Um, mm. it, it was by two people who feel that saying mm-hmm. that to each other and reminding that like that, that that's there mm-hmm. and acknowledge it. But, um, yeah, your first time saying it, I think there should be some exploration of what that means because like I said, yeah, people are going to be saying purple and here in pink. Yeah. Yeah. And the way that you deliver it too is different. Like if you are like, sit down, I really have to tell you something and look me in the eyes. And then you're like, I love you versus just a, you know, a pat on the knee and you're not even looking at the person. Mm-hmm. You're like, I love you or love you. Like mm-hmm. they're way different. Yeah. So there's just so many, so much variation that there really is no wrong answer, but it's more about being sensitive to what is going on live in the connection and the dynamic between the two parties yes. and what will kind of appropriately label it or nurture it versus create this lofty expectation. Yes. I had a, a partner who used to just write, I love you on pieces of paper and hide it in my shit and <laughs> not sign it or anything. And I was pretty sure I knew who it was, but it was just like, Oh, what a nice, um, just like a little message that's unsigned, not no one's taking credit for this. I just know that someone loves me and put a little piece of paper that said, I love you in my whatever, in a book yeah. that I'm reading or in my wallet or, in, you know, and yeah. just find it at a random moment and be like, oh, yeah, that's really nice. <laughs> I have an app that's actually a period tracker, but yeah. you no, can yeah, set it, it to, yeah, you can set it to give you a little message. Yeah. It's a reminder to drink water, but mm-hmm. I've read, I've changed the text to just be, I love you. No. And then it's just a little message from myself. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it fills you with that feeling of like, oh yeah, this is available to me to feel mm. this way, to feel warmth, to feel connected, even if it's just within myself yeah, or even if I'm discovering sun. by myself. Then And that's the light of the sun. Yes. Unmarred by the clouds of human relationships, interpersonal relationships. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Completely. Um, this is our big question, if that's what you're worried yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, I think it about. is. Yeah, I think it, totally it is. is. I mean, this has been thorough and lovely. Yeah. So, and I know, and there's so much more we could say about mm, it, too. Big time. It's... Uh, let me also just make one more point that I want to say Please. about it. Okay. If we got an extra moment. Oh my God. Oh, do we good. Please do. Okay. Um, guy, uh, weird echidna, strange echidna. Um, some people hear I love you as a demand for that to be repeated back to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then feel an intense weight and discomfort of, ooh, I don't want to say that. And they just said it to me. So now I either have to lie and say it or end things. And people behave in that dichotomy of like, you know, it, it would it would obviously be too uncomfortable for them to say I love you and not hear it back. So I either need to break up with them now or decide that I love them or like lie, tell a lie to stay in the relationship. Yeah. And um those people, you, you can guess my opinion, um, do not need to be doing that. But a lot of people do and mm-hmm. have been taught that and heard that from other people. So um, consider that the person you're dating might have that story going on in their head about that choice that they have to make, mm-hmm. they think. Right. 
Right. It's sort of like inviting them to level up in the mm-hmm. relationship. And if they're like, wow, this step feels too big, then and and they're afraid, it, it's easier to just be like, never mind, especially after two weeks. Yes. That's not a long time investment, even though the feelings could be strong. Sure. Um, but I mean, it sounds like you I do wonder what you meant when you said I love you to this person, because yeah. your background of experiencing love <laughs> It, it means you say it means nothing. It's a compliment or a sign of affection. I'd say it to my family mindlessly, and you barely knew them. Yeah. So you're working on what is my definition of love? Even right. what do you mean by that? Do, do you mean I like you? Because uh, a lot yeah. of people do have a if you're having sex with someone or, or kissing them or like moving in that direction that I love you carries a lot more weight than if you say it to a friend who you have set that boundary of we're not going to kiss or hold hands or do romantic stuff. Romantic love for a lot of people is when they start adding this baggage to it and adding all of these stipulations and subclauses and things that are mm-hmm. below the, the surface that aren't like they're, they're subtext to, to them. And that 90% of the iceberg is what you need to have the conversation to explore because yes. love is just the tip of the, the word that you're uttering. That syllable is mm-hmm. like just pointing to their iceberg. It's probably going to look a lot different than yours. Yeah. Or yours might just be an ice cube where you can see pretty much all of it on the surface. And another person has this whole underground system with caverns and danger. And there's a sea lion down there is going to eat you. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And global warming in this situation uh-huh. is corporate influence. <laughs> love is a thing that was invented by men like Don Draper to sell pantyhose. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the love that we're dealing with today. Mm-hmm. Um. They want it to be very expensive and rare and for us to believe that it is scarce and something that has to be earned. Not something that we're deserving of just for who mm-hmm. we are, but it's something that we have to earn because of what we do. And maybe if I earn enough money to buy this cologne, maybe then I'll be worthy of true love. That's what they fucking uh-huh. say. The true love thing. Maybe if I can afford that fancy diamond ring, I'll be worth her true love. I'll stop admiring your false love. (laughs) Yeah, Love is this fucking carrot that they dangle in front of you on the hamster wheel to get you into the corporate machine and get you fucking. It's always about what you don't have. It's always what you don't have. And here's the the real truth that would, if enough people believed it, the system would crumble is there is an abundance of love and people do it naturally. And we Mm -hmm. don't need colognes. We don't need deodorant. We don't need fancy things. We're worth it without all of that. And it's it's already there if you're yeah. willing to, to to go for it and give it. If you're willing to receive it, that's really the hard yeah. part. Giving it and receiving it. Yes, I think it's harder to accept somebody else's love than to tell somebody else you love them. But I think it depends on your con- what you've sure grown up with. I think or... generally it's it's harder to receive it and accept it. Mm. Um. Yeah, so remember all that stuff. <laughs> and please, I, I just I just want to say thank you for um, being on Team Love and mm. uh, expressing it. That's a hard thing to do. And I think the world is a better place the more often that people say I love you and mean it. Mm-hmm. So... And look for things that they love. Yeah. And like, I yeah. would invite you too, as a solo process, to explore, okay... How can I feel and uh, cultivate love for myself in a way that is mindful and not mm-hmm. a mindless sign of affection? And and what are the different gradients and like tonalities to all these feelings I can have? Yeah. What's the difference between love and affection and lust and fondness? That's a good set up a continuum for yourself where a one is the weakest form of love you've ever experienced and a 10 is like the most intense biggest form or strongest form of love yeah. that you've ever experienced and then try and think okay what am i feeling for this person mm-hmm. oops mm-hmm. For this person right now mm-hmm. and like maybe express that to them mm-hmm. that's a, a a great conversation technique for anything that somebody makes an absolute statement even just filling in what two through nine are yeah. or stretching that scale out to not just be a zero or a one, yes. like a binary thing in every facet of your life is yes. like so many people don't do because we're used to this black and white thinking, right. honestly, because it's just easier to distill things down to like, yes, no, black, white, right. mur, mur, all nothing. Um, but there's so much richness, but also uncertainty and fear mm-hmm. in that middle gray area. Um, sure. There's art to it. <sighs> 
everything's a fucking art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a fucking art form. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you will find too that what used to be a 10 for you is now a five because mm-hmm. you can expand even your ability to give and receive love and you will experience new and different and fuller and deeper types of love with different people as you live life and have more experiences. Like I remember like, you know, my first love, we really talked about Kareem, my first boyfriend. It's like the kind of love I felt for Kareem was like wonderful, beautiful, the fullest kind of romantic love I'd felt at that time. Um, But looking back on it, I've had more things going on that have surpassed that. And it doesn't invalidate the fact that I did love that person at that time, but it's like, Oh wow. I've stretched my capacity Mm -hmm. to feel this amazing thing. Yes. Yeah. Always stretching, always trying to love Mm -hmm. more. That's us. That's our motto on free advice. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we give our our advice. It's our way of loving you guys. Yeah. In ourselves. In ourselves. And each other. Making that money down the road. Expensive advice. Three hundred dollars yeah. a word. Yeah. <laughs> Buy the cologne and use the promo code free advice to save ten percent on yeah. true love. <laughs> Just two hundred and seventy dollars a word. Ooh, that's a deal you can't beat. Can't beat it. Okay guys. I gotta go. We love you. Love you. Sleep Bye. tight.